Hey guys, Ivan Barrett with Barrett Asset Management, founder and CEO, 300 million in assets under management, Inc. 5,000 two years in a row. If you want to learn more about real estate investing, listen to my good friend Sam Newell's podcast. He is killing the game. Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. We're, we're approaching 3,000 units, 300 million in AUM. Um, career equity raised for me is about 80 million. Okay. And yeah. we are successfully off the ground and running with our first fund, cool. our multi-asset um, offering strategy. So spending Very a lot cool. of time on that. Inc. 5,000, two years in a row now. Awesome. Uh, one of the fastest growing companies in indie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I was trying to explain that to a few people at our mastermind that if you're growing a company and it's getting larger and you're not having more fun, you might be doing it wrong. Yep. Certainly yep. a grind period. Uh, but once you get through that grind, it's about, it's about getting the right people on the bus uh, so that you're not working harder, uh, but certainly working more, more smarter and strategically. And yeah, you can still grind, but have fun, right? Yeah, yeah, but at, at some point you've got to decide. Okay, am I gonna am I gonna grow this business and cram my life into it, or am I gonna grow a business that fits into the life that I want? Right. And for me, it's it's the latter or die. If 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 I don't build a business that allows me to be a better husband, be a better father, be in better shape, pursue passion. And however, you know, I, I would define that, um, then it's not worth it. I love it. I love it. So you and I are, are aligned and, and you're killing it, by the way. You're, how old are you? 41? 40? 41. 41. 41. So I'm 34. So in, in seven years, I want to be Ivan Barrett. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> You'll do it cool faster. That, I've got no doubt. <laughs> uh, it's, it's cool that you've articulated that just the way that you did because that – it's exactly where I, I've been in the last year. I was making a ton of money, hated where I was, hated the people. Yeah. They, they were all about how much are you making versus I'm making, let's not partner. It was, it was you know, one of the, the mottos that one of the other realtors that we were basically four realtors listing these huge projects for this, these guys. And he said, you know, Sam, I hate it too, but you can put up with a lot of shit for a million dollars a year. And I was like, Yep, that's a terrible motto. I need to leave. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad that that uh, did not resonate with you, man. No, and they're still putting up with it. There's three of them left there. Um, I was there three and a half years, and it, I, I couldn't do it. So my wife, I when when I told her I left, she was jumping for joy. I'm like, well, you realize we have no income for next year. She's like, oh, that's okay. You'll <laughs> figure like it you out. You have a great wife. That's <laughs> awesome, man. It's it's a team sport, and and the spouse is uh, mission critical for the, for the right team mix. Yeah, and, and so I love that you're, you're uh, concerned with that. You know, um, one of the things I really want to ask my guests about, and, and you kind of already started with it, is 
what's important to you and what's pushing you to grow your business to raise $80 million, which is compliments to you, by the way, that's a huge feat. That's, that's fantastic. You're, you're killing it. But, um, is your family, your why is that's what's, is that what's pushing you to, to keep going or, or what is it for you? Family's a big part of it. I've always had this fire in my belly, um, to, uh, to grow a big company and it's continued to burn brighter. The, the more I've, I've been able to, to focus on that. And, and it's, it's wonderful watching this, as I've said before, this beautiful machine start to take on a life of its own, uh, filled with great people that have the right tools and resources to help those that want to grow, grow and, and learn. And, and it, it's fun to, to watch that and get to still tinker on it from a higher level. Um, but certainly would be, would, would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention, you know, being a, a, a great person, right? Being the person that I was, that I'm supposed to be living, mm -hmm. you know, my abundant life, um, getting a high score in, in, in marriage, being a great husband, you know, being a, a great father. I've got three young kids to, that with just, you know, a very short window of time to, to show them a, a great example of what it means to, uh, to be a great human. Right. I love and, that. Uh, you know, I've got two boys that I've got to, uh, How old are they? keep fed and watered. Uh, my boys are eight and four. Okay. Uh, as of this month. And I've got a girl in the middle age six. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, so I, I have a lot of fun on the weekends taking them to, they, they're into ninja zone right now and gymnastics <laughs> and I got nice. them doing little Spartan races. And so, awesome. um, you know, making life a little difficult for them, um, pushing them to, uh, to fall right in, in, in controlled circumstances, of course, but, but teaching them how to get back up. Um, we're very, very keen on showing them how the rest of the world lives compared to us, uh, mm -hmm. so that they've got a, a, you know, a sense of grounding and, and, and maybe even a sense of obligation to, to make the world a better place. So there's, there's all these things. And then in, in my own, you know, personal achievement, um, there's a lot I want to do to, to, uh, to grow and, and develop my own self. Right. So th there's all these things that, that define for me what it means to have the, the life I want. And, and a key ingredient is growing the business in the right way to do that. Uh, because as we were, as we were speaking to earlier, you know, a, a lot of money is great. Um, mm -hmm. but if I fail in everything else, it, it's certainly not worth it. Right. Right. That's huge. That's huge. And, it, and it's funny that you say that. And, and I want, um, you know, this is a message I, I talk to a lot of friends and investors about, and, and I'm always posting pictures of my family and, and I take a lot of time off with my kids. You know, I was, I was at Ninja class yesterday with Heidi and no kidding. Her, awesome. Uh, yep. She loves it. So, um, but I was, I was talking with someone that I worked with uh, about four years ago and he really didn't see his kids. He had five, he has five kids and didn't see him a lot. And we we're talking about vacations. And my goal is to, when my, when Heidi's probably 10, we're going to do a six month vacation. So Liam will be my, my boy. He'll be a six. So we'll do a six month vacation. They'll nice. miss a little bit of school. We'll have a tutor. Um, but guess what? You only get your kids for 18 years, you know? And, and, when they're in middle school, less, less you, if you, uh, if, if you get teenagers, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So when they're in middle school, we're going to do a one-year vacation as a family. We're going to tour the world. I, too, want them to see how special it is to live in America and be a top 1% as far as, you know, the way we live. And yeah. and um, so I love what you said there. That I think that's really important. And, and that's why I push in real estate as well is to be the right person. But But taking me back, one of the questions I like to ask people is, you know, I've had some very defining moments in my life of why I've decided, okay, integrity is up here. Doing the yeah. right thing is, is up here. Um, being an expert in my field, I've had, I've had these defining moments. So have you always kind of had that? And, and, and obviously with your success, you've, you've got a ton of integrity and people keep coming back to you with money to invest. So take me back to high school age, Ivan, uh, did you already know what you wanted to do? Did you already have the integrity or were there some life lessons that you learned along the way that really helped you there? Oh man. You know, I, I was the troublemaker in high school. My, uh, my tell. gym teacher, my, my gym teacher said that I would most likely end up in jail. <laughs> and did you? I, uh, <laughs> only, only, only a night or two, uh, oh, you know, for doing, okay. for doing dumb stuff. There you uh, go. But you know, no, no DUIs or anything too bad. Just, you know, getting caught at a party underage, things like that. Uh, but no, so high school, you know, I, I didn't like school. Uh, I got through it okay. Started getting better grades when I, I woke up uh, one day and realized that, you know, I wasn't going to, I was not on the route to go to college. And college to me at the time seemed like um, the, the only path to take if you wanted to be wealthy. And, mm -hmm. and so... In the middle or end of sophomore year, I literally cut myself off from all my friends. Wow. Uh, stopped smoking weed. I was hanging out with a bunch of potheads and, and really started turning my life around. Uh, and, and thankfully, was able to get into um, to college uh, because I had gotten my grades up enough over my junior and senior year. And it, it, was, a, it was a growing up moment for me. It, it, uh, it made me stronger. I sort of grew into my own skin and cared less about uh, what other people thought and, uh, and, and what was perceived to be cool and not cool. And by the time I got to college, I really liked school because I got to pick my own classes. Yeah. My father is an attorney okay. and he had a bunch of rental properties growing up. And my brother and I were his landscaping arm all summer long. So he would, he would nice. you know, drag us out of bed and make us mow yards and pull weeds. Slave labor. Mulch. Oh, yeah. You know, back in, back in those days, you couldn't report them to child services for making <laughs> you work hard. Uh, they, they could pretty much do anything they wanted with you. Yeah, they'd throw uh, you in but, jail these days. Oh, yeah. They'd throw them in jail for making me work. But the cool thing was it kind of planted this little seed I didn't know at the time. But I, I would think, you know, why wouldn't you just own a bunch of rental property? So by the time I got to college, uh, and the reason I thought that is because I didn't want to get a real job. Mm -hmm. Nice. By the time I got to college, um, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My dad gave me that book right around when it came out, which is right around when I, I graduated. And it really started solidifying why I wanted to be in real estate. Is I wanted that passive income. And I didn't really get it early on that the, the, the biggest success formula is building a B quadrant business and then, and then funneling that, that income into the I quadrant. Right. Being an investor. Yeah. I didn't really get that, that you had to build the business first concept if you wanted to grow it, grow it really large. I thought you could just invest your way there. And so I, I get out of college. I go to work in development um, right up until subprime, um, you know, thinking that, uh, you know, this is easy, buy land, 
entitle it, build something, sell it for a mint, right? And then rinse and repeat. Yep. And I was pretty successful at it with uh, under my mentor's tutelage. He was the real brains behind the operation, but I got to take part in it. And I, I got in his door, um, my foot in his door by saying, I'll work to learn, not to earn. Pay me if I sell something. And so I was his, I was his sales guy and I got to learn all these things. Uh, and then 2008 hits, uh, oh. which was definitely a, definitely a, a big wake up call. Really, Sam, one of the greatest gifts of my young adult career was having a front row seat to a huge crash. Yeah. Seeing, seeing the fallout from that and realizing that I had been practicing real estate in an opposite manner to what I learned in Rich Dad. Mm -hmm. And um, 2009, you know, an epiphany, um, I'm talking to my brother who's also an entrepreneur. Uh, we're at my dad's condo. He's, he's in town. He, he moved away after college. And we're talking and he's like, you know, all these big companies that I, that I, um, that I run across or that I have dealings with, they all have these management arms that, that really keep the lights on in the downturn um, for fees, right? Because they're, they're executing. So they've got these recurring revenue streams huh. that help them, help them even out the downturns. And I'm like, well, well, shit, man, I hate property <laughs> management. I don't want to do that. That's the worst. But, but then it started rolling around in my head. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I could, I could do it better than others. Nobody else wants to do it. So if I can figure this thing out, it's a scalable, repeatable income stream that I can actually grow. And I don't have to be smart necessarily at predicting um, development and market trends like a, like a developer does. A developer sure. takes on a lot more risk. Sure. And so I, I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. And this will be my way to get to my big apartment deals that I'd always wanted to do, but really just sat around not doing. Right. And uh, so I started my spare bedroom, uh, made a lot of mistakes along the way. And as, as you and I have talked about in the past, um, it, it started getting fun a few years ago when I found the right business partner. And today we just celebrated being on the Inc. 5000 for the second time. Uh, we That's hit awesome, number man. seven on, on, thank you, on, uh, on Indy's fastest growing companies. Wow. And it's just become this, this machine that's really functioning in so many ways without my direct involvement on a, on a daily basis. That's so cool. I mean, I mean, there's going to be so many people listening to this that they want to be an entrepreneur. They want to start a business. And so you started out of your spare bedroom in the worst time of the downturn. I mean, 2009... I'm just like you. I had a front row seat. I, I bought my first rental property in 2010, my first investment property. And I also consider myself very lucky to have seen what not to do. Yeah. And yeah. the original title for this podcast was recession proof real estate investing. Yeah. Because I wanted to help teach people that maybe didn't have a front row seat to, Hey, you need to be a little bit more conservative there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just keep going up forever, you know, but people no. are, they're, they're quick to forget, you know, when there's so much cash abundant and it's easy to raise money, people forget very quickly because they want to do deals. So was it pretty hard to start scaling and start growing in 2009, 10, 11? Because the bottom really wasn't until 2009, 2010. I mean, it kept going down for a while. Well, it so at that point, I, I had sold some real estate. So when this whole thing crashed, 
you know, my, my net worth was negative to 250 thousand. Right. Um, and I'm, and I'm like negative five grand a month cash flow. And so this, this freight train just hits me because it's not getting better. Um, the deals that I'm in that were going to make me a millionaire are, are going back to the bank. Um, and you know, my, my future father-in-law, uh, out of love, but fear saying, Hey, have you thought about, thought about filing bankruptcy and just hit the reset button? And I, and I remember back, you know, Robert Kiyosaki actually talking about failing in his wallet business. And I said, listen, I'm going to pay every dime I owe back. I'm going to crawl my way out of this thing and I'm going to protect my credit score. I'm just going to figure it. it out. Uh, somehow I convinced my wife that I was still a, a good bet. <laughs> um, but I, I had to start from less than zero. And so back in those days, you know, well before I ever scaled, you know, what, what you said earlier about your favorite podcast, I had to grind. Yeah. yeah I was working hard seven Respect days a week, grind. all day, dude, just working harder. It, 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 I had a bookkeeper that would come in every other week and that was it. And I was just out there grinding. I was the bus boy, the maitre d'. Uh, so I was the leasing agent, the marketing, uh, maintenance coordination, property manager, you know, bill collector, everything. And I was just wow. figuring it out. And, but uh, all along, I'm figuring out, okay, how can I make this more efficient for me? How can I use online property management software, which is just coming out, right? Mm-hmm. How can I use the internet apps to make this, to make this more effective? Then when I couldn't work any harder, I started having to hire people. And I just made the decision, Sam, that management of people and, and figuring that out was going to be way harder than real estate. Sure. And by coming to that realization and just realizing, hey, I'm just not going to freaking quit. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to get up off the floor, do it again, try something else. And I'm just going to keep tinkering until I figure it out. Uh, and so going in with that mindset, knowing that you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fail. It's just, it's just a, a natural um, gauntlet or trial by fire that entrepreneurs have to go through. Right. By realizing that and making that decision early, it, it sort of made it easier to keep going. Not that there weren't days that I wanted to quit or, you know, stress um, would get, get uh, the best of me, but I just right. hung on and I just learned to not quit. And my dad would love to send me this Word document. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, 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 the Word file that, of that video that Rod always shares that makes every dad in the room cry. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, it, it's just this great little short story about, you know, a dad and his son and, and telling him to get up and, and continue. I'm going I'm to choke up just talking about it. You know, just get oh, up and, win, and, you know, <laughs> and win the race. You know, winning the race is, is not being first place. It's getting up and not quitting, right? Yeah. Uh, and then little things start to, uh, start to get better. You know, you start getting better people and you start learning how to manage them better and you start figuring out some, and then from there you start finding people, uh, that can do these things and make these decisions on their own. And, and all of a sudden this little organism starts to grow and this team starts to grow. And it, and eventually if you keep working at it and tinkering and, and replacing, uh, defective parts or bad parts with, with new ones, um, beautiful things starts to happen. I love it, man. I, I love it. So it, it sounds like, I mean, I think you're highly skilled. I, I've spent some time with you. I think you're really good at what you do. Obviously you're well-spoken, but it sounds like more importantly, you just won't give up. 
I mean, you're just there for way the more long important. All your, your, and this is a question I actually ask all of my guests. Do you feel like your talent is more important or your work ethic? Absolutely work ethic. You know, everybody's got a God given talent or two that will eventually show itself. And so for me, you know, it's being the face, it's staying at a high level, it's staying out of the details. It's working with investors for my partner. It's running the day to day, making sure the trains run on time, so to speak, uh, and, and keeping his head buried in the details and everybody's right. wired differently, but work ethic in developing that very much like a muscle. Mm-hmm. Getting to the gym every day and working those muscles is, is will carry you way farther than than just talent alone. The world is full of talented people that never amounted to anything. It's huge. And it's also yeah. it's also full of people that, that weren't that smart, right? And didn't have all the degrees and, and and couldn't couldn't even get close to being on on Jeopardy or some sort of trivia game. <laughs> but they yeah. just won by sheer force of will. Yep. Absolutely. They won't give up. And, and, and what I love to talk about with people is your work ethic will make up for your lack of skill and it'll get you to the next level and it'll get you to the next level and you can develop skills. In my opinion, it's way harder to to develop work work ethic. I've been training new real estate agents for eight, nine years now. And the most, just like you said, the most talented, the most blessed with the sales ability agents that come work for me usually do the worst. <laughs> they're, wow. they're usually by far the worst. They, they last yeah. a couple of months. They think they're going to kill it. And then it's the guys who they grew up poor and they're used to making 20, 30,000 a year. And my good friend that I, I promised him, he's making 30,000 a year. I said, I promise I'll make you six figures your first, first year in real estate. Cause I knew his work ethic. And yeah. he made 180,000 his first year in real estate. Cause he just I love didn't stories talk. like that. And, yeah. and, and I don't know if, I don't know if this resonates with you, but I've heard Grant Cardone lately a few times say, you know, the, the number one uh, piece to, to all this is stuffing the pipeline. Yep. Right. Having that work ethic, work ethic to keep stuff in that pipeline, keep, keep filling the top of your funnel, right. With whatever that is, whatever, whatever product you're selling, or, or service you're selling, just keep stuff in that pipeline. Um, I had a guy today uh, send me uh, $280,000 uh, nice. for, our, for our fund. He's been uh-huh. in my slow drip list for three years. Haven't heard a peep out of him. Wow, wow. And out of nowhere, just pleasantly staying in front of this guy, he, he, he's come back and, you know, that's, that's above average for a, a first timer uh, check for sure. That's awesome. Well, and, tell uh, us really quick it, about your it's fund. It's all been working. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's pretty... it, it, sorry, really quick. It is about work <laughs> ethic. And I love that you had them in your pipeline. I, I just want to hit on that because in sales, in business in general, it's funny. Most people give up within six months. So I'll get leads today from realtors who made an effort for six months and six months later after they quit, I get the yeah. lead because they're no longer in real estate. Yeah. So I love that. I love that story of yours. You said two and a half years, almost three, almost three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Tell us yeah, about your out of, out of nowhere. He's ready to roll. That's cool. Well, I like, I like talking about this other stuff more, but, um, so we, we're a real estate syndicator here in the Midwest, uh, but we're vertically integrated. So as I, I think I mentioned, uh, 85 employees, most of those are on site and then 15 here at home base on the asset management team. 
Uh, we've syndicated wow. probably a dozen deals now, somewhere around there. Okay. And what, what we've moved to in this cycle is a multiple asset structure, primarily mm-hmm. because what I can do now is I can achieve the same or better returns to my investors and I can reduce risk by spreading out capital over multiple assets. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Very been cool. a lot of fun. It's, I didn't tell um, you this, Ivan, but that's my exact goal is to get to a fund someday. I actually started there with my goal uh, about a year ago, sitting in my buddy's hot tub, my buddy, my best friend, Tyler from high school. We brainstorm in the hot tub a couple times a week. Hot tub brainstorm. I love it. And he said, you got to start a fund. I said, yeah, that's what I want to do. So, so I worked my way back. Okay. I'm good at working with investors. I need to start with a syndication. How do I do that? And, and it's by talking with people like you that are already there. So I love that you're there. What assets do you have in, in your fund? Is it just multifamily? Yeah, so we're sticking to our formula, our little niche here in the Midwest. And our goal is to just continue to work that formula, rinse and repeat and do it really, really well uh, versus spreading ourselves across other niches. Okay. Um, awesome. We look for workforce housing, a little bit newer and nicer than what you've seen in the past. So we're, we're looking for that B plus, A minus, but where there's still uh, room to add value with the new capital stack. And then where we can add additional value that others can't is, again, with our in-house management team. So we, awesome. loved, we love targeting deals that are owned by larger companies, institutions, and then they've turned around and hired third-party management. Yeah. We're able, we're able to go in there and, and reduce expenses, sometimes pretty drastically. One deal we did, uh, we closed on that in July. Man, they don't, these don't come along too often. Uh, but a, a tick group out of California owns it, owned it, and they hired a third-party manager. We come in, and we are able to eliminate $1,000 per door per year out of the operating expenses. Wow, that's a lot. And there's, and there's room to raise rents. The manager was not doing them any, favor on, on, uh, any favors on being aggressive uh, on raising rents, which when you control the management infrastructure – um, that can be a lot of dollars to the bottom line. And as yeah. you know, every, every dollar I add there is $16 of asset value. Then That's on the huge. back end, on the back end, by aggregating this portfolio and selling it in five years as a, as a package, there's a high probability that we'll get a premium uh, for offering a, a large company instant scale. No, that's huge. That's huge. And, and, you know, what's, what's interesting is these large multifamily um, operators or managers, property managers, it's not that they're trying to screw over their clients most of the time. They just don't want to do the work. They don't want to raise the rents because that's a lot of extra work on their end. And that's a cool deal you found. I'm, I'm glad you're able to close on that. How'd you find yeah, it? Yeah, these, these deals aren't being, uh, un, you know, necessarily run poorly. They could just be run better. Right. And so you've we, got that ability to really increase the uh, overall efficiency of a property. Yeah, basically I'm a leveraged buyout firm from the 80s doing it in apartments. So we come in with, with new leverage, which as you know, is the best leverage you can get out there in the marketplace and the agency uh, lenders, Yeah. right? And yeah. then we, we use our equity and then we raise the rest from investors. So we're typically co-investing 20% skin in the game with my partners. Okay. We put a big, big chunk of capital down and then we, we leverage buyout firm the heck out of apartments 
we bring in our management team and, and, and do our thing. I love it. I love it. I'm curious. Um, what, do, what are you doing to prepare for the, the next downturn? You know, a, a lot of people are speculating. They've been speculating for three years. It's in the, you know, saying it's in the <laughs> next 18 months, it's going to happen. And, you know, eventually they're going to yeah. be right if they keep speculating. And, and well, bears are always right sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that even on your mind or are you just, you just know that you're conservative and so good at what you do that, you know, you're, you're probably going to be yeah. okay. Well, there's, there's opportunities in every market. So what I love about real estate is it allows me to be anti-fragile. One of my favorite books of all time. So it allows me to build a business that will, that will do better in turbulent times than do worse. I love it. Which development does not allow for. Um, mm-hmm. And so the goal is to buy these assets create the value and, and use debt in a way to limit the downside. Okay. Um, so our goal is to sell in five years, but I'll put 12 year debt on it and I'm happy to nice. pay. I'm happy to pay a little bit of a, a prepayment penalty in five years. I consider that my, my optionality um, to, to limit my downside risk. Cause what, what Perfect. happened in 2008, the, the, the multifamily operators that lost were the ones that had to refinance. The ones that didn't have to mm-hmm. refinance went on buying sprees. Oh, and yeah. That's the position I want to be in. So you're yep. talking to one of the Me guys that's, exci- that's excited for the next correction. Me too, man. So the problem is it's not going to happen for a while, Sam. Ah, you're killing me. Actually, no. that's okay. I need a few years still. <laughs> no, what's more, likely, what's more likely is just very slow growth, uh, you know, plus or minus 1% GDP. Um, so you gotta be really careful on the sub market you're in, but luckily we're in real estate. It's very hyper local. Uh, so you can play markets that are doing better than that. Um, so you're going to see continued low interest rates and you're probably going to see cap rates go down maybe another hundred basis points on average. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So in Salt Lake right now, we're, we're at 4% cap rates. I mean, there's so much job growth here though, with the Silicon slopes that, I'm getting beat out by on a $10 million property by three, 4 million bucks. You know, it's, wow. it's by 30% sometimes 40%. Well, you and I have to talk about that offline, but sometimes if you got the right deal, the cap rate is less, is less important. Yep. Uh, it, Upside, it's what is, right? the, what is, well, it's what, what does the cap rate look like in 12 or 24 months after you've executed your strategy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's ways to look at that. So, but again, back to that risk management piece. So I, I predict low growth, low interest rates, no technical recession, which is two months or two quarters of negative GDP in a row. So we won't hit a technical recession. Okay. So this is my prediction. Okay. But I don't, I don't bet that way. We're recording. We're recording. So Ivan Barrett's <laughs> prediction is. That's my prediction. You heard it here first, audience. But I don't bet that way. Uh, in some ways, I'm a hedged fund, right? I hedge yeah. my bet. And how I do that is I manage my leverage by locking in long-term interest rates. And that's a huge key to the whole thing. I love it. Well, and, and let me take it a step further. You're not buying anything, I'm guessing, don't let me put words in your mouth, that doesn't cash flow at 10% vacancy or 15% vacancy, those are also the people that got caught in the downturn that said, oh, yeah. the market's rents are going to yeah. keep expanding. And in order to do okay on their property, 
rents have to keep expanding if they contract at all or or just level off then they Two got of our big, could... yeah big variables for us are the debt coverage ratio we typically want to be north of 150 we want to be north of 180 if we're in an io period i want mm -hmm. to see a 18 debt cover and i want it to be around uh i want it to be north of 150 when we start paying debt down uh and then we're, we run an occupancy sensitivity analysis um uh, for every year that we're we're projecting owning the deal, we want to know right where uh, that break even is. Yeah, big time. Perfect. I love it. And and you know that helps a lot of our listeners because you know my my investor base they're used to buying duplexes and fourplexes with me, and so a lot of them have been asking me, Sam, why are you moving to multifamily? And it's for me, it, it's an easy decision. When I left the group yeah. I was with last year, I said what asset class makes me feel good inside to sell to my investors and my clients, knowing that it gives them the most economies of scale and the most ability to weather another recession. Because what I don't want to do is chase commissions, sell them a bunch of four and five caps, and then have them come to me in three, four years and say, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't hold this property. I got to sell it at a loss. Yeah. That's you're good. in it for the yeah. long haul. That's good. Yeah. Those guys don't last too long. Otherwise. No, they, they don't. And, and personally, I'm the same way. I, I want to have something that I know is going to be fine in the recession. And, and when looking at the numbers, I, I mean, you had a front seat to the recession. Most, most multifamily uh, owners did pretty well. They actually, sometimes occupancy went up in, in certain markets. Well, I got, an, I got an idea for you and me to do some deals in Utah. We're going to talk about that when you, when you stop recording. Sweet. Okay, that'll well, hey, definitely uh, be rule. Rule number one will be uh, protecting the downside and protecting capital first. And there, there's ways to do that, but we have to go up to a higher altitude where the air is thinner, and we don't have all these rookies overbidding on deals. And we can work we on that together. Yeah, absolutely, sounds fantastic. Well, um, look, I've got one last question for you. It's been really cool hearing about your business and what you've been doing. Um, My favorite color is purple. <laughs> hey, mine too. Have you seen my car? You got a purple car? I have a purple car. Yeah, I, I'm old school. Only so a, there's a, only a few cars that look good purple. What do you got? A Dodge Hellcat Challenger. Ooh, that looks good in purple. It does. My next door neighbor, grown up, had a uh, he drag raced a '70 um, Hemi Cuda, and that that was my inspiration. So you car guy. Yeah, big, big car guy. For anybody that's not a car guy, they think I'm just a, a, a weirdo with a purple car. But if you're a car no, guy, no, hey, if that's your passion, I can respect that. I just put a deposit down on a on a Rivian SUV. A Rivian? Wait, what is a Rivian? Oh, you got to YouTube it, man. I don't think R I V I A N. All electric SUV, backed by Ford and Amazon. I'm pumped. Really. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Sick. It looks like it looks. Oh, you'll know this. You're a car guy. It looks like an old Scout or a Wagoneer throwback. Oh, you know what? I have seen them. Those are cool looking. It's dope, dude. Very cool. Very cool. It'll probably it probably won't get here till 2022. Even they say I'm gonna get it next year. We'll oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Anyway, well, you um, had a real question. Real question. What was it? I don't know. We got off topic. Um, how can people, while I'm thinking about that, how can people reach out to you or uh, if they have money, they want to invest with you, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. I'm pretty easy to find LinkedIn, Instagram, the Googles. Um, my name is, my name is easy to find if you spell it right. It's I-V-A-N, Ivan Barrett, B-A-R-R-A-T-T. -T. You Google that, you'll find me. 
2625 that goes to my assistant happy to jump on a call with with anyone <laughs>